throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. It's time to consider the possibilities. Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We're a weekly talk show and we like to bring you ideas that you can think about, ponder, disagree with, uh, but at least they're worth considering. Uh, We have a couple of interesting guests this evening. It should be a great show on mediumship and our intuition. Um, I'm your host, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co-host, our very accomplished naturopathic doctor, Dr. Alexia Georgiousis. Hello. Hello, Gord. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. I love your COVID hair, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, At least it's definitely, it is through Zoom. <laughs> yes. It's, it's having a life of its own right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are live. And if you would like to join in on our conversation at any point, please call toll free from anywhere in North America, 1-888-346-9141. Now, let me introduce our guests. They're coming to us live from New Brunswick in Canada. Um, first of all, uh, Karen J. Moore. She's a registered psychotherapist and master of education. Um, she's had an extensive teaching career. Um, she then has moved into the area of hospice where she's an executive director, uh, studying psychotherapy and has gotten her license. Um, and on top of all that, pursuing her other passion about mediumship and spirit communication. And bringing in with her is her sister, Diane J. Welcome to both of you. Uh, Diane, uh, Master of Science, uh, an engineering degree, amazing for a woman, even back then. Uh, Professional career in the field of engineering and occupational health. Uh, Diane retired from the Nova Scotia uh, government and was awarded the Governor General of Canada Award uh, for public service. Congratulations. Not everybody gets that one. Thank you. <laughs> like her sister, Diane has also pursued her interest in spirit and mediumship. So we welcome you both to the show. Thanks Thank very you. much. Great to be here. Yeah, again, Karen, you're back. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. It's wonderful. That's, that's uh, so wonderful. let's, you know, I, I said just before we went on the air, like two sisters, yeah. often you don't have siblings that, you know, get involved in, in doing this kind of work. So just kind of interesting. Both of you are. Congratulations. I think it's great. Um, what, what brought you into pursuing? You both come from like once at hospice, once an engineer, occupational <laughs> health. I mean, this is not, you know, uh, what we see winding up in the area of mediumship often. <laughs> so this is wonderful. Tell, tell yeah. us about it. You know what? I we we both have had uh, very professional careers and in very different areas. Uh, one you know, sort of science and one arts. And uh, but I think, you know, what we have in certainly in common besides our upbringing uh, is you know life challenges that you know we've certainly needed each other. And I think through life challenges, you learn about compassion. And for me, I've uh, you know started questioning what my life purpose was and, uh, you know, started to ask a lot of questions and, you know, seeking answers and building my understanding along the way. So uh, I think for me, 
you know, synchronicities and when one door closes, another one opens. And, mm. and so that's sort of what's my journey in, in really uh, pursuing the, the mediumship. Okay. So it was more of a place of, for you, Karen, around exploring in terms of the, any adversities or challenges to get deeper answers. Uh, Yeah, that's right, Alexia. You know, I I think that, you know, for me, it's my intuition and I had a sense of knowing back, you know, into my twenties or late teens. And I think through health challenges growing up, I think there was always those questions, you know, why me or, you know, wondering about it. But certain thing experiences, I felt like I had a contract or I had a knowing of things that I was um, supposed to do. For example, I met my husband, um, you know, when I was in my late teens and I went home to Diane. I was living with Diane at the time. And I said, oh, I met the guy I'm going to marry tonight. And she said, oh, what's his name? And I said, uh, Rick. She said, what's his last name? I said, I don't know. Well, what does he do? I don't know. Where does he live? I don't know. <laughs> but she said, well, why do you think that? And I said, you know, I don't know. I just have the feeling, right? So how did I know that? And Diane, did you go, oh, my gosh, my sister Karen is <laughs> my crazy? Yeah, so no. <laughs> why did I ask her to come to Nova Scotia with me? <laughs> I am responsible now. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, Diane had a similar experience with moving to Nova Scotia, didn't you, Di? Yes. When I, um, I first came for the interview, to Nova Scotia from Ontario. And I, I had a job I thought was just sort of temporary after engineering, finding other engineering students work. And I had a call saying that there was a position in Dartmouth. And uh, my mother kept saying, why well, just go down for the interview? So I thought, okay, I guess I could go for the interview. Um, but I wasn't feeling well at the time. I had a bleeding ulcer and different worries about different things but anyway I came down and honestly I thought where is all the brick there's all these colored homes (laughs) (laughs) and it's in a poor area where this research foundation was and uh, there was really not much about it that um, was attractive to me at the time but there was a year where my boyfriend at the time was going to finish law school at Queen's and I had just finished so I thought, well, maybe I should, I was, I was trying to get a job for a year or so, but I was thinking, I really don't want to go there. And when somebody asked me how the interview went, I said, I don't know, it went okay. I don't really like the area, but I just feel like I'm going to end up there. I don't know why. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, and that's the first time I really remember sort of having a knowing that I'm going to end up there even though I don't really want to. I just know I'm going to. Hmm. Which So uh, did you get used to not having bricks? <laughs> uh, yeah, eventually, uh, 10 or 20 years down the road. <laughs> yeah, really, really. There's definitely a, a, build, a, a building style difference between Ontario and there. Uh, yeah. So if I can say, though, you also grew up in a family uh, that had a strong religious or spiritual component to it, your father being a pastor. Yes, um, absolutely. Which yeah. would have played some sort of a role. Oh, yeah. I, I um, You know, Karen's experience later in life was different from mine with the church. But I still feel that the solid foundation 
that we had growing up is what has helped me personally through some traumatic experiences that I've been through. And, um, you know, to me, whether I call it religion or spirituality, um, I can... I, I can sit in a church and take, not have to take everything that a minister says. I right. don't, if I hear him talking about, you know, being a sinner or something, I personally <laughs> zone don't like that because I feel <laughs> that, you know, God is loving. Yeah. So, yeah, I just let that slide. Take and what we can. I, I take what makes me feel good out of it. So, yep. I don't mind saying I'm religious and I'm also spiritual. Right. And, you know, two different things. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I would say absolutely, we had a solid foundation growing up. And often our dad talks about he doesn't know where the messages came from that he delivered, you know, that Uh they just came to him. And so, and we do know that both our grandmothers on, you know, mom's side and dad's side of the family knew things. And like, you know, my grandmother on my dad's side said, you're moving to Barrie. And he said, I'm not moving to Barrie. I'm happy in Uxbridge. And he, she said, no, you're going to be called. You're going to Barrie. So, you know, and then he was in Barrie for 21 years. So, you know, and my, my mom's mom knew stuff. But I would think, I think for me, what was very helpful to me was um, my dad understood that I really, uh, I really connected to spirit or God through nature or, you know, by the water. So, right. you know, when all my friends got their perfect Sunday school pins for attendance, I didn't <laughs> because I was, you know, by the lake sitting by nature and, you know, doing writing and journaling and, and stuff like that. So I'm very grateful, you know, that they were so open-minded at the time, you know, oh, yeah. to allow us mm-hmm. to grow in the ways that we needed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's brilliant because it could have been a very confining Mm-hmm. environment to grow up in rather than an expansive one mm-hmm. yeah. yeah well we also grew up at our cottages where um, our uncles were professors of theology and directors of the school of theology and they were all ministers it was ministers row all the about <laughs> 15 different cottagers were all ministers families no wonder you became an engineer <laughs> And we would be swimming every day and Sundays we would get in our canoes and we'd go paddle over to an island and we would have just an informal service over there. Nice. And And sing songs. Yes. Songs and yes, we would we would have uh, every time we had a gathering for meals, we would have a beautiful grace that we would all sing. And it was more about more than just religion, it was family and fellowship and mm-hmm. faith was a lot of it too. Right. So, it's amazing so, what happens when you move it outside of the structure. Yeah. yeah it's, and, and just sort of on maybe a little bit of a, an, a side note, but how have you both been able to, I guess maybe the question isn't really reconcile, but around forgiveness or around what what the church has done especially in light of the recent um you know atrocities around the indigenous children and the attachment and with with the church period what how has that been for both of you so i think our experiences are that's where they differ 
Um, I met, you know, certainly uh, with some uh, ministers who weren't very uh, spiritual or kind early in my career. And it made me, it made it very difficult for me to step inside a church. And so that's where my departure comes, you know, really in the, in the church. I found it very difficult to enter into a church and to sing the hymns or to pray with my eyes closed because they really rocked my solid foundation. And I guess what I realized at the time or over time was, you know, human beings will do what they will do. And my, my path is always to take the high road and to be kind. And I think at the end of the day, we always have a choice of how we treat other people. And for me, it's compassion and kindness and to never, you know, go where some of the people that I've experienced in my lifetime have mm-hmm. been, mm-hmm. right? And, and so that's, you know, that's kind of where my path diverged in the woods, you know. Okay. But, uh, um, so, yeah, I think the atrocities are, are terrible. And I think it's, you know, very bad, you know, choices that humans have made against other people. Right. And that's never, never okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. What about you, Diane? Yes, I, I agree with that. It's never okay. Um, I think I separated different uh, forms of religion. Um, I, I probably always had um, from my background different feelings about Catholicism from my experience at home where my my father who was a United Church minister would would be uh, performing a wedding at the Catholic Church and he wouldn't be allowed to have communion and mm-hmm. it treated sort of a, like a, a lesser religious person and, um, you know, going to university and one of my roommates was uh, Catholic and she, she would ask me to go to her church and I would go and I would ask her to go to mine and she would not go. And so I think, um, again, it was me choosing different places to go. And even where I am now, it's a Wesleyan church because I like the minister. I like a sense of humor he helped me out when my husband passed away. And so again, I'm taking I'm taking the parts that I can that I uh, relate to and I'm letting the other stuff go, but I I'm not gonna go and sit in a place where I'm not gonna get anything out of it. Right. Yeah. So well, Wesley, uh, he was he's one of the he's one of the early people that brings together into the United Church when it when it was formed. Yes. Methodist yeah, I was going to ask, what does Wesley mean? I didn't know what that. Yes, meant. Wesleyan. Yes. Yeah, okay, it's a Wesley. man. It's a person. Okay. Yes. Theologian. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so let's let's jump out of the church. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure <Yeah. laughs> Karen's like, please. Um, <laughs> so, uh, can anyone be a medium? Can anyone do what you do? I believe so. I I think it's just that, you know, we we all have the intuitive ability. Um, It's whether we're really paying attention to all the signs around us. And I think some people don't choose to be a medium. Even the people in our classes, you know, will say, I'm here to feel self-empowered. I'm I'm here to feel better about myself, but I don't want to give readings to other people. You know, so often... Right. So often our classes are about helping people to feel better about themselves and connect with the world around them. Right. 
right. and taking learning more skills and and developing stronger intuitive abilities that will help them in their everyday life with their right. family and their children and and in the workplace and in in my case the job that I did have the last while with Department of Labor enforcing health and safety in a workplace. Um, and even though I, I wasn't formally thinking I was trained in intuitive development, but it was always a challenge and a skill that I like to do to change somebody's mind who was very angry that Department of Labor was in their workplace and forcing them to do something. And I always felt that it was a skill that I could try and relate to that particular person and the stage of life that they were at and their workplace to see if I could get them to come around and happily do something that would help right. them and their employees. <laughs> and right to the last day before I retired, I, I was thinking, oh, man, this lady is giving me such a hard time in a nursing home and I had... You know, I was trying to get her to come around on these things, and she seemed nasty on the phone. I said I was on my way there, and I thought, no, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it this time. And before I left, she was asking me about my family and my friends and what I've done, and I thought, yes, I did it. You did it. You did it. You can now retire and move on. So we're going to retire from this segment. Uh, we need to take a break, and we'll be back in two minutes with Karen J. Moore and Diane J. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiousis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to 
things worth considering. Hi, welcome back. Uh, we're here with Karen and Diane, uh, live from New Brunswick. Uh, <laughs> I love that. By the ocean, may I say. Uh, it's gorgeous. Uh, at least your camera shows it as being gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> so tell us, how do you differentiate between psychic and medium? I think a lot of people are confused about that. Sure, I'll start. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit about psychic. So psychic uh, comes from the word soul. Uh, and psychic is really a heightened perception. So, and it's really a heightened perception around uh, sound, sight, taste, touch, and instinct, right? So, if I'm tuning into or really listening uh, with my intuition to you, I might pick up things about, you know, you personally, your career, relationships, um, and I'm listening with you know, certainly my whole being. So I'm listening with my body, you know, and I'm listening to maybe things I'm picking up through uh, my hearing. Uh, so I'm, I'm really tuning in to what my body is telling me sitting in your presence. Um, and, it, and it's interesting. So one time I was, you know, sitting with another woman in a class and uh, all of a sudden I started to cough and lose my voice. And it was interesting because I was talking to them about how we can really tune into other people by understanding how we're feeling in our body. And then when we sit in the presence of others, how your body feels different. And so when I started to kind of clear my throat, I went, oh, wait a minute, this isn't about me. This is about you, you know, and not having a voice. And she said, that's exactly right. I don't have a voice in my work world or in my personal life. And uh, I could feel that in my body, right? So it's really tuning in and having that extra perceptory senses. Okay. And mediumship, I would say we're all spirits. Uh, We talk about um, our experiences on earth and that we are spirits that live within a body and and spirits that pass on. don't have a body. And so when a medium connects with a spirit that has passed on, we are the bridge between people in a body, spirits in a body, and spirits um, that have passed on. So uh, when we're here on earth having earthly experiences, we're at a lower vibration And spirits who have passed on are at a higher level and higher vibration. So as a medium or a bridge between the two, we have to raise our vibration. And spirits who have passed on have to lower our vibration. And then we get messages through what we call different clairs. And like Karen talked about seeing, hearing, um, we, we get messages through little pictures or seeing Um, different situations we get messages that we just know like we talked about before I knew I was going to end up in Nova Scotia or we may just feel something Um, all of a sudden you could feel a great sadness Um, and a lot of times it's a combination of the two I may see a quick snippet of a picture of um, say um, a lady 
in a farmhouse and there's a swing outside and there's a horse there and and uh, different signs and symbols that that this spirit is showing me and I'm trying to feel and see and connect in with them um, through different senses that I have as well and sometimes it's taste and sometimes it can be a particular smell as well something that um, may mean something to me um, if my mother had a particular perfume that she used all the time and you know I'm getting that same smell sitting in outside in the middle of nowhere and so spirit can give us different messages through all these different senses as well okay so for both of these I'm curious around how to um, recognize and maybe this is something that you are going to cover in your workshop that you're doing next week but recognizing when it's yours and when it isn't right and and the other part to that question is how then do you also get rid of whatever energy is has come through you so (laughs) okay okay so um so I'll start with the latter part, which is, you know, uh, getting rid of. I think, you know, the thing is we have to have boundaries and and ethics when we're doing mediumship. So, you know, the boundaries are when we're doing a reading, you know, that's when we're connecting to spirit and we've set the intention uh, and we've said, okay, we're open for communication. But when it's done, then it's done. And, And we've communicated that with spirit as well. Okay, so I'm closed now and that reading's done and it's finished. And so... Um, you know, we're not, we're not continuing this on. And I think the other thing is that, you know, when we're reading for people, it's really about healing, right? We're, we're helping, the reason we do it is to help people heal um, and, you know, heal emotionally. And uh, so, you know, it's, there's no point in us taking on any of their story or their stuff, right? Or spirit stuff, right? Because um, we've got our own journey to live and lead, Right. So that for me would be about the boundaries and the ethics, for sure. And I think different skills that you can learn, different um, grounding, you know, um, either picturing you're standing on the earth or or going outside and standing and looking in nature and and picturing earth's energy come up and, and breathing exercises and breathing out all the worries and the... Um, problems and uh, that other people or even ourselves have taken on and um, meditation um, different things like that that you can do to keep yourself grounded that's oh, great yeah. sounds very important to do that you know? Huge. yeah yeah Huge. so let me let me throw in one wo- other word here that's sort of uh, in the vernacular like medium or psychic empath mm. Mm-hmm. We hear that all the time. Oh, you know, I'm very, I'm a very sensitive empath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, so there are people that are, you know, and certainly in psychotherapy, I have, you know, quite a few clients, especially younger people who really struggle with, you know, going into a crowded mall or, of course, these days with COVID, we're not in a crowded mall, but, you know. But, <laughs> What's that? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is that? But, you know, it's interesting because, you know, they'll talk about, you know, in some ways, the COVID is that silver lining for those people who struggle with that, right? So they're very empathic. They take on 
I met with someone the other day and she said, you know, I can't watch war movies. I can't watch movies where people are sad or crying. And so I think for the empaths, it's about learning about what that means to be an empath and then learning to ground and center and not take on what isn't yours, right? And so we teach about that. We, Diane and I teach about, you know, watching the movie The Grounded or the Earthing movie and, and learning to center to the earth. It's based on science. It's not something that somebody made up, right? Mm-hmm. It really is based on science and how it's important to connect to the earth's energy, right? Oh, yeah. So, There's a lot of research in that area. There's mm-hmm. tremendous sure. research yeah. and, and it's... Yeah, it's, it's everything. It's huge. And it, it's like goes back to mystics, goes back to the original nature doctors that were like, this is and the indigenous people. All of us had that. So one thing I wanted to um, ask about, and I think, Diane, your example of your work when you had that difficult person that you were you know, concerned with. And I, mm-hmm. I feel that sort of touching on the empath aspect is that the sensitivity that people start developing when it feels overwhelming, they want to run away. They want you, you know, it's the idea of let's hide in the woods. And, you know, I, I have moments like that where it's like, oh yeah, just get away from all of it. But I really believe that Diane, your example shows that it's needed. The, the skill and the ability to also show up in the world and be able to create and um, I don't want to say manipulate, but it's like to influence by your presence, you know, your energy coming back and with, with this um, individual that you, that you mentioned made a difference for, you know, the good of all. And I, mm-hmm. I wonder about that with your course and also what you found is that as the sensitivity is heightened and whether we call it more empathic or whatever it is, I think it's kind of human nature that we're sort of waking up. Do you see also this need for people to be able to actually come into the world so that it can be of service, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yes, I do. And I think, you know, in the course, we talk about the spiritual laws and raising our vibration. And and I think it's something that we can not only help others, but it, it helps these people as individuals as well. Like, I think you don't necessarily have to take this course because, you know, you have to go and be a medium after or, you know, you have to do anything in particular. It's going to help your personal life and make you happier. And when you're happier and you have these skills, I think you want to help all these other people. So, it's to me, it's like a chain reaction. And... um it's like the more love you spread, the better the world will be. Yeah. And it's like your c- compassion circles, Gord. And, right. uh, you know, if we, can, if we can spread this high energy gratitude and uh, higher vibration love, happiness, and help people deal with uh, some of the sadnesses and tragedies that they've gone through, um, and having been through it myself and having tried to find different ways to get out of the sadness, um, it's, I, I feel it's just something that is nice to help other people. I guess you can relate more when you've been through things yourself. Right. 
Yeah. Right. And, and and what would you say to people that are just finding, like Karen, what you were saying, where they're they're feeling so much, and and they really feel that they cannot um, be out in the world, especially as we return to whatever this new normal is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I think that's why, you know, certainly in our programs that we do, we're really trying to help people understand uh, those skills and, and their gifts and to see them as gifts, uh, but how to, how to handle that or how to, you know, guide, help guide themselves when they're out in, in public as well. So, uh, you know, Diane and I were talking about this ahead of time that, you know, sometimes people will approach us and say, oh, you know, I have this, you know, they don't see it as a gift. And yet uh, for each of us, when we've delivered messages to people, you know, they'll say, oh, I've been waiting for six years to hear from my son who died by suicide. Today, my healing begins. Well, that's why we do it, right? So I think it's helping people to understand their sensitivities, that it's not a bad thing. It's learning how to use them. To their advantage to help themselves. That's why I stay away from the word gift, because a gift implies that someone gives certain people things. You know, like who's giving mm. it? Uh, it? I think it's an it's an ability, and it's like you know math or science or you know theater. I mean, people have different different abilities and different strengths. You know, based on who we are. Um, and I, I think that the gift is I didn't get a gift. So, like, I'm not a good person. I'm like, you know, whatever. Um, and, I mean, I'm, I did. I'm like, I know my abilities, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. And I also chose not to do readings, you know. But I do use it extensively teaching. I use it extensively doing one-on-one work. It's just like your gut says, da-da, and you present it, you know. Uh, and, it's, and it's very, very useful. It's very useful. I would agree with you, Gord. I think, you know, even in, in psychotherapy, when you're really listening to the client and you're listening with all your senses, you know, I'm sure, Alexia, in your naturopathic doctor work, yes, you know, when yes. you're really listening to your client and with more than just their words, but with your whole body, all your senses, then I find that, you know, we're really connected to them and we get them and they, and they see it, they feel it. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think that's what we're really trying to do. We're trying to help people to use the abilities that they've got and to understand them in a more profound way mm-hmm. that will help them in life. And I think that what helps the other person to be listened to at that level is where so much of healing actually occurs. And that is in our story being witnessed, mm. just heard without interruption. Yes. Most of us have Hugely. never told our story yeah. without questions and some diversion and off we go, but to actually give it. And then your gut tells you, okay, I hear this words, but I'm feeling this. And, you know, it's bringing those two together. Whether you're doing naturopathic work, whether you're doing psychotherapy, it doesn't matter. That gut then guides the practitioner. Yeah, exactly. And Diane uh, and Karen with what about the concept of past lives? How does this fit into mediumship and also the psychic aspect? Where we've, let's say we've come here multiple times. Do you, do you sort of, and I don't know whether you believe that or not, but I'm curious if that ever comes up in your work. 
Um, you know, I, I certainly believe it. Uh, Diane, what about you? Um, I would say that I have developed over time into believing that it's a possibility. Um, I think in the beginning, I didn't like the thought of <laughs> past lives because I thought, you know, I love my family. I love my parents. Those are, I want my parents to be my parents forever, whether I'm here on earth and or whether I'm in the spirit world. And maybe that will happen. And maybe, you know, part of us leaves and, and does a different life and learns things and comes back. Um, but I think just, I think people are ready for different thoughts and expanding your mind gradually over a period of time. I think sometimes early in your development, you just don't want to have to deal with things that are too far out. Right. Or yeah. people go too far out and they don't get the basics. Right. 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 You know, or it turns off you to... off so much that you you just uh, forget about it and don't want to read anymore or learn anymore because you'll just cut it off. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the books, one of the I, books early on, uh, our parents gave us to read on the near the beginning of this journey was "Many Lives, Many Masters." Oh, oh yeah, I remember that book? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, so I thought that was very open-minded uh, of them as well. Very. Just incredibly, incredibly. <laughs> very. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. Incredibly open-minded. <laughs> so let's be really open-minded here, and we're going to segue off into a commercial. We'll be back in two minutes. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Earlier in the show, you mentioned about uh, boundaries between yourself and your source of information flow, like spirit. Um, what about boundaries between the person who can pick up this stuff and the poor person who's standing in a grocery store, like the Long Island medium, <laughs> who goes up and says, by the way, your mother's standing right behind you. What? <laughs> She's supposed to be dead. Um, it's like, I, I just find it a bit of a problem. Do, can you talk about that whole idea of having whether it's empathic or psychic or medium, and yeah. when do you give off that information? Well, I, you know, for, for us, we really go by a code of ethics, and we're, we're taught that, and we were, have certainly been taught that by all our instructors kind of around the world, um, you know, and certainly at the Arthur Finley College, but, you know, it's important not to go where you're not invited Right. So for me, I I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't kind of go up to someone and say, oh, by the way, you know, because first of all, you don't know what that person's belief system is and you don't know really what their state of mind is. And uh, and they didn't invite you to do that. And so I I think it goes hand in hand with uh, ethics and boundaries with spirit that we don't want to always be open because really our purpose is to live our lives. Right. And and so the other thing, too, is. Uh, do no harm. Uh, so, you know, that would certainly be another, you know, code of ethics that I would, you know, certainly live by. And any time we are in a reading, we set intention for the highest good and the highest purpose uh, of all involved and to bring about messages of healing, of understanding, uh, and of, of love. So, uh, that would really go against certainly my code of ethics. I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, it's uh, so important. Yeah, I mean, t- when and someone sits in front of you for a reading, they've given you permission. Right, right? Mm-hmm. absolutely. Know? But to not have that permission is like walking into their condo, walk through the door and just head into their bedroom and go through their drawers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and you're just digging stuff out. It's just like, well, I, I, and, I think, and I think that really speaks to also the level of awareness with the medium or the psychic in terms of their own boundaries and their own ego desire to be like, Oh, I need to tell this person because it's not necessarily, you know, part of the plan. That's what I always wonder about. It's like, is that, do you know that's part of the plan? Right. Um, Well, it's a good point. uh, Yeah, that's right. And I think, you know, uh, I think we've probably, many of us have been to mediums, um, you know, my son went to a medium and, uh, you know, she said, you're going to be in five terrifying, life-threatening situations. You know, well, you know, in he was too young to hear that. And uh, it really made him afraid. And, and I think, yeah. you know, that's where the do no harm comes in. Do you really know the person sitting in front of you? Because, you know, I, I think we have a real responsibility when we're delivering messages and, and, you know, sitting confidentiality, you know, confidentially with people uh, yeah. to really yeah. be loving and do it for the right reasons. It's not about ego. Right. And right. if it is, you're not doing it for the right reasons. Right. And what about the fear? Because absolutely, that's something that people are afraid of. 
afraid of the word spirit, afraid of psychics. And mm-hmm. so how do you address this? Um, a couple different <laughs> a couple different things. I remember going to a medium myself, but the fear was a different fear in that case. I wanted to go to be able to connect with my late husband. And I didn't go for a long time because I I was I was afraid that he wouldn't come through. And mm-hmm. so maybe that would mean something that he wasn't around me or, you know, where was he? And uh, <laughs> and also, where were you? <laughs> <laughs> where have you been? And also, it was quite a while after, and I was seeing somebody, and I was also afraid that they were going to say, "No, this guy's not for you." And I thought, oh, okay. "Oh man, that's going to be such a disappointment." And do I believe it? Or so I I didn't go for a long, long time for those two reasons. Um, and when eventually I just. I had heard enough about one person that I felt that I could trust that person. Then uh, immediately, she she immediately said, "You have these fears, and there's no reason to have these fears. Um, and you have two in particular." And as soon as I got there, she gave me the messages that I wanted to hear. Um, but mm-hmm. as far as it's funny because I would tell somebody sometimes my experience about feeling my husband near me or a sign that he sent. Um, And they would say, well, oh, that really freaks me out. You know, I, I I would be so afraid if that happened to me. And I, and I kept, I can't understand that if, if you love and miss someone who's passed away, why would you not want to hear them from them? Because, to me, a lot of the times, it was like having a visit or, you know, when you're cut off from talking to somebody every day for 15 or 20 years or 30, 40, whatever, um, and all of a sudden you feel like you were given this gift of being able to talk to them and give a message or receive a message, why would you be afraid of that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think Hollywood's played a bit, you know, and, and and books, like just popular culture of turning it into these terror movies and horror yes, and so on. Right. You know, and people have fed into that than what you're saying. Right. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. So, uh, do, you, do you think it's something to do as well with the fact that our most of, at least Western society, we really do not have a platform where learning to trust your intuition listening and all of the, uh, is is in the, in all these ways you've described is something that is sort of part of the norm as well as what death means what does it mean so so i wonder if that comes into play absolutely i think it does and and i was having that conversation just yesterday about wouldn't the wouldn't this be great if they taught some of these things in school oh god yes to kids and and they would get this basic foundation just like i felt i had a basic foundation with you know spiritualism and religion but if you had intuition development and these types of things to get along with people right from the time you were young, because not all of us are uh, lucky enough, fortunate enough to have 
parents who, you know, have given us that foundation. Mm-hmm. I think it should be yeah. part of the school system and growing up because it yeah. helps us all. It's budgeting, you know, banking, and spirit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> A new it, course. <laughs> it would transform the world, right? It would transform it. It would. So, it so, really would. You know, this aspect, though, in terms of when people have religion, because that, you know, Diane, you said, you know, you're, you're fine with saying, I am religious and I'm also spiritual. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important for people, too, because I do find that there's often an either or. Right. You're actually one of the first people I've heard that says both. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think that sometimes that attachment that many individuals have to say, you know, it's like saying, well, this is the only way, whether it's through, you know, Greek Orthodox or Anglican or Catholicism or, you know, Muslim, whatever it is, mm-hmm. Hinduism. So so I think that that aspect of saying and both, it, it seems to me, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that this opens up your awareness that yes you have this religious you know religion that you follow and yet what how do you feel around the other religions is that more spiritual realm for you um oh i sort of like you're talking about choosing between protestant and catholicism and and buddhism and yeah, and and I guess um, I wasn't clear where you're saying you know you you religious and is is it Catholic? Are you Catholic? No, or Ang- Protestant. Okay. Protestant. So yes. so then in terms of the aspect of I'm religious, but yet I'm also spiritual. Right. What is your um, relationship then to these or view of other religions? Um, I I guess I would say that I believe that there's a higher power. I may think that in my religion that Jesus is very important. And I don't like to say that anybody else is wrong in whatever they believe. And I think that, you know, maybe when I was younger, I would think something different of Buddhism. But as I have developed over time, Mm -hmm. I just feel... um, everybody around me can have whatever beliefs that they have and I'm going to continue to have mine. And that's why I'm not going to be influenced if somebody doesn't like religion and just says spiritualism because I believe certain things and I have a right to do that and to talk about it. So, um, and they do as well. So I I don't like to criticize other people for their religions are spiritual but spirituality isn't necessarily religious. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, yeah. all religions start with a spiritual core. Right. And then men, literally, M-E-N, through our, <laughs> throughout our history, have created laws and rules. And that's, you know, uh, that's basically what religion is. is it's an agreed upon group of people that say that this is how and when we do God, period. Right, you know? right. Spirituality no, I, I, is a one-on-one relationship with whatever it is that you believe. Yeah. But I also believe that the churches have done so much good in this world. I, I know we're talking about Catholicism and a lot of the bad things these days, but it's the churches that started a lot of the 
um, schooling and and uh, education and the universities and helping poor people around the world and and taking money over there and developing villages and helping people and I think. And it's the Just women that's mostly well, responsible for I think I think there's a, another side to that too, depending yeah. on often the color of your skin and your you know the beliefs. But but I feel that Diane, your point is that there's room for all of it. Yeah. Right. You yes. know, you're basically saying there's room for all of this, which is yes. really wonderful, right? Um, and the the fact that you can both, you know, take your experiences and then really go into that healing and helping people to have a better sense of themselves is fantastic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's really, it's so important to get through this life is to have that sense, you know? So if I were to take your workshop next week, what am I going to learn? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about certainly uh, intuition and how to develop yours. And we're going to talk about some of the techniques that we feel are really critical to help people in their daily life. Uh, we like to do hands-on integrated workshops. So, you know, we'll also be talking about color and how to use that uh, to uh, raise your psychic ability and, and intuition in your daily life. Yep. And uh, some of the spiritual laws as well as well as research. So, and we'll do some readings as well. Oh, you oh, will. Fantastic. Wow. That's very cool. That's very cool. Um, so if someone wants to, to go there is there an advantage? Like, can you learn this by yourself? Uh, well, I think it's always helpful to learn it with other people because we, Diane and I will share with you our personal experiences and how spirit will often connect with you. Uh, for example, they may start with something that you're familiar with. Um, and it's, it's really helpful when, you know, I remember going to the first class board and someone said, okay, so you know how to do this. So go ahead. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And they said, just write down everything you see, hear, feel, or know. And I went, see, hear, feel, or know. Okay. I'm going to cut you here. Right. Because you know why. If people (laughs) are interested in signing up, please go to transformationalarts.ca and you'll be able to register on the website. Uh, And that is next Wednesday. Uh, evening, the 22nd at, at uh, sorry, the 21st at uh, 7 p.m. Uh, next week here on Things Worth Considering on the 22nd, um, Maria Gelli uh, will be here doing conscious and soulful relationships, also very spiritual. So thank you, ladies, for coming. And this is Gordon L. and Alexia Georgiusis here at Things Worth Considering. Have a great week, a healthy week, and we will see you back here at 8 o'clock next Thursday. Good night, Good night everyone. for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiusis and Gord Riddell for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are. 